visitors to the ER. Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Hey everybody, this is uh, recording episode one of Get Squared Away, the podcast that helps you get squared away. Uh, I'm Paul and I'm here with Martin. We're going to start off with just some simple introductions of who we are, what we're about, uh, give you guys a little bit of idea of uh, of where we come from and why we have the ideas we do, and then we'll get into the meat of the podcast. Uh, we'll start with Martin. Hey, this is Martin, and uh, I just want to give a little intro on myself. Um, I am an immigrant from Hong Kong. Uh, this was about 40-some years ago. I'm not going to go exactly. I'll let you guys figure it out. Uh, my parents had split. I ended up uh, on the West Coast in California with my father. We had passed through this a few states in this country, ended up in uh, Chicago, Illinois, where my father had passed, and then... After he had uh, passed, we were bounced homes into a farm community in Wisconsin. And from there, graduated, went to be an operator overseas. Uh, I was in the Persian Gulf over Desert Storm. Um, came back, uh, went back, went to school, and was, uh, I graduated, became a post 9 11 contractor. Um, played, came back, played a lot of football. Some of you may. You know, understand from uh, arena football and camps. Um, I was the only Asian that kind of popped through those ranks. I uh, spent uh, 25 years after that in the digital printing industry, uh, business owner and in development industries, health and uh, military as well. Cool. Um, I'm Paul. I guess basically, number one, I'm a dad. Um, come from a similar background as Martin Farm Community, rural Wisconsin hardworking blue collar. Um, I, I went the school route, got my degree in sales and marketing, and then got into selling of distilled spirits. So I sell booze, basically keep everybody drunk through this pandemic. Um, really kind of grew up just as kind of a, a, a base blue collar guns, hunting, trucks, stuff like that. And then slowly as my mental capacity developed and I started to read and research more, um, became a lot more interested in philosophy, um, a lot of study of history, kind of a stud overall studier of ideas. I like to call myself an autodidact, um, try to teach myself everything that I need to know to perpetually improve, which is kind of my constant motto is just, uh, steady, comprehensive, perpetual improvement, just improving every little part as I can throughout my day, throughout my life. Um, and always just getting a little bit better because I guess as long as we're growing, we're not dying. Right. Exactly. Um, so the, the theme of the podcast is get squared away, which is something that Martin introduced me to, which is a square has four corners and 
Martin has developed the, it's very much a military motto, get squared away, but Martin has really developed it into a, a deeper meaning with the four corners all having individual meanings and, and things that he likes to implement in a day. So I'll let him explain the four corners and then we can get into what we've been doing personally. The over, you know, this is a, this is our first episode, but the idea is as we get further in, we'll be doing weekly episodes, bi-weekly episodes, and we will cover what our things that we're implementing for the four corners um, weekly. Yeah, so squared away is a, is a term that came um, obviously from the military. Uh, it's become something that I've been able to formalize over the years uh, with Paul and I getting together. It's, it's taking our experiences, our education, our, our you know, product of our critical thinking to put together this podcast and it's, it's not because we're expert, you know, we're probably, we're just a couple of idiots and, uh, um, it's just one beggar tell another beggar where to find food basically. So, yeah. um, if this helps you and you can pass it on, um, you know, all the better. And, you know, let me get started by just explaining the, the four basics, you know, there's, there's two phases of, of each of the four corners and the four corners, the first corner is physical, uh, you know, second one is mental, you know, your brain. Uh, third one is spiritual. And then the last one is emotional. And the two phases is one is you are what you eat. And then the, the second phase is exercise and execution applies to all of these. So, you know, a quick example of each of them, uh, you take physical, you are what you eat. I mean, you eat fat, greasy food, become a fat, greasy dude, right? Uh, you know, mental, if you put in teacher stuff, become a teacher, put in doctor stuff, become a doctor, put nothing in, become a politician, right? <laughs> um, spiritual, you know, there's two foods, there's angels food and devil's, devil's food. And, uh, you know, we can get deep into that, um, done a lot of rabbit holes. So that's something that like, so we'll cover over the next few podcasts, um, and how that relates to current events and our lives. And last one is emotions. Um, you know, you are what you eat, you are what you feed yourself emotionally, you know, are you, what are you doing in life that keeps those feelings under, under check, you know, or what do you keep trying to trigger yourself? Are you offended? Can you parse and swim through, you know, all the emotions and control them? So, um, you know, exercise, that's the second phase, physical, that's easy to know. Are, are you exercising physically? And, you know, Paul and I, uh, work out daily. And that's something that, you know, we'll share from our experience. And, uh, you know, hopefully that, that helps you guys as well. Uh, mentally, you know, you do a lot of research. I mean, what are you, what are you doing with that? Are you executing that? Are you applying that in your life? You know, spiritually, it's the same way. If you're taking in angel's food or devil's food and, and what's the product? I mean, how are you exercising that faith? Um, emotional, how are you exercising your emotions, you know? What, what goes in your emotions also relates to what gets processed and comes out by your actions. Um, so that's, you know, a real quick overview of uh, Squared Away. Um, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, yeah, I really like, I, I like how you started out with, with really pointing out that we, we're not gurus, we're not experts, we're not the top of any field. We're legitimately just normal dudes, which I think is a benefit to most people because we are both the type that lead as the head of the spear. Um, I do things 
and people come to me and talk to me about the things that I do because I'm doing them, not because I tell them that I'm doing them, not because I, I tell them that I've accomplished something or because I drive a Lamborghini or because I flaunt any sort of excess. They don't come to me and ask me about investing or my nutrition because I say that I'm a guru. I legitimately just live the ideas that I, that I embrace. And that's how you lead by example. That's how you draw people into you, not by trying, but by living. And the idea that you're living something is magnitudes more than a large portion of our population is doing because there really are a small amount of people that are consumers or a small amount of people that are doers and a large amount of people that are just consuming. They consume food and they consume ideas and they consume the life that everyone else is living. And, and I really try to be that person that's living that life for me, not for anybody else, but because when I get to the end and I'm, and I'm on my grave, I don't want to look back and say, Oh shit, man, I wish I would have done this way different because there's no reset button, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that that was the biggest thing I wanted to cover with that is, is we will, we'll get into the four corners every week and what we're personally doing so that you guys can hopefully start to interact with us. You can find us on social media. Um, we'll give out an email that you can get to us. You guys can, can give us some of the ideas of what you're doing. We really want this to try to be a community We're we're doing this, um, because we enjoy doing it, but really we're, we're doing it because we want to help as many people as we can. You know, it, it, that's what it's really about is, is trying to open up people's ideas to, to what they can do themselves because we're just two normal dudes. Yeah. Let me, uh, you know, add to that, you know, it's squared away being squared away. It's a, it's a daily discipline. I mean, you're never going to get to a point where you're going to be completely squared away and Oh, I'm all done. So, uh, part of having this community and part of being able to talk about the these points regularly um, is to also encourage you guys to do that is get up in the morning every day, look at yourself and, hey, am I squared away today? It's a practice, and, not an accomplishment. Exactly. And, um, and the community is important because you need accountability. But by being accountable, you need people that understand what it is and are willing to put that in practice themselves and keep each other accountable. So it's it's a whole, you know, team uh, guy mentality. So we're, we're here for each other, but and, we're also here to provide a baseline. And we'll get into this too, but I'm a firm believer in the idea that free will really is just a conglomeration of all of the input that you have in a day. So if you have more input from people like us that are trying to better ourselves and trying to improve, it's going to help you improve over the long term. Because maybe when you get up and you decide to, you know, maybe have that donut on a Sunday morning, you're like, ah, maybe Martin probably wouldn't have that donut on Sunday morning and maybe it'll improve you. Or maybe you earn that fucking donut, you know, working out the day before, but just little things like that is, is how you are going to compare yourself to, to everyone else around you. And, um, rising tide lifts all boats, right? Right. So physical, what, what, what have you been doing lately? How, how are you feeling? What do you, what have you been rocking in the gym lately? Well, I would say gym wise have been, uh, going on every other week. I've been killing it. I've been doing a uh, heavy and hard, sometimes a uh, two days on my, my, uh, my hard to go my hard at it weeks. Um, this week is a little light, um, basically I'm going with the, the high reps, um, 
hitting a lot of areas. Like last night, I hit shoulders, um, just hitting different angles, real lightweight, high reps, just to just start carving up because, you know, springs are on the corner. So do you notice with, you're not a young buck anymore. Um, do you notice with the, uh, with the alternating weeks that that helps your body, gives your body more time to recover instead of hitting hard every week? Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, the key is there, I'm not a young buck anymore. And, uh, through this podcast, you'll kind of calculate how old I roughly am, but buddy, I've learned the hard way as with everything you're going to find out is I'm an entertaining idiot because I've learned about everything in my life the hard way. Yeah. So part of recovery is that, you know, I was, I was one of those guys thought, okay, the older I'm get, I'm just going to, you know, just going to hit it hard. Yeah. Mentally, I'm going to hit it hard. But yeah. you know what? I start learning that physically. I wake up in the morning and the body is not ready to go. Yeah. It needs a day or two. So I take yeah, one or two extra days of active rest. Yeah. Um, but I'm learning to, yeah, I can't go heavy every single week. Otherwise, yeah. the body is just literally beat up. Tendons are hardening up and it's it's tough. I started cutting. So my, my physical thing is, is January 1st, I started, I started a 90-day cut. And so I was around 207, 210 pounds, um, probably 15% body fat. I mean, I'm not a, I'm, I'm fairly lean compared to, I started, I was fat my whole life. So I was 260 pounds up until I was about 25 years old. Then I finally like got my shit together. Um, but so I started, a, I started a 90 day cut and I did the first 45 days, um, really low calories to kind of reset my digestive system, reset my metabolism, kind of get, get my body learning to operate on less, but I still was lifting the same. Um, by, by day 45 into that, my body was shit. Like I, my hormones were off. I didn't want to bang. Like it was, it was rough. I was cranky. Um, so then I kind of switched it up and I upped my calories, but dropped my carbs to basically zero. And I eat a majority of my calories are fat and protein. Um, and that's really reset my system. Um, you know, I'm day, what, you know, it's the 12th of March. I go to the 31st of March. Um, or 30th, whatever, how many ever days are in March will be the last day. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 190. Wow. It's the lightest. I've never been under 195 in my life, like as an adult okay. ever. Yeah. And I mean, I have, I have, I have almost a definitive eight pack, which is wild for my body type. Um, talk about those cravings. Yeah. Have no, they're gone. They're, they were gone after the first two weeks. Um, That's but I also, takes, but yeah. I also eat pretty clean. So I know that when I started eating clean at 25, 26 years old, it was a good six months before the cravings were gone. Um, and then what'll happen is, is I'll, I'll kind of lax and start eating a little bit worse and then they kind of come back. But I'm to the point now where I've done it so many times that I've learned, I don't let myself get way, way big. You know, I start to get a little squishy and then you're like, oh shit, time to rein it back in. Um, but I've had to learn that I can't at a calorie deficit hit heavy, hard lifts over and over week after week. Yeah. I've had to, I've had to lighten my weights up my reps a little bit, you know, get up to that seven to 10 rep range and then kind of, kind of work through it that way, which that's really just been in the last two weeks that I've really noticed like, Oh shit. Like I, I'm, I'm weaker than I was at, at two ten, which I should be, I'm 20 pounds lighter, you know? Yeah. But, um, now after March 1st should be lean as hell. I mean, I've got starting to get veins in places that veins don't normally show. Um, if 
I will put up a picture if you guys find me um, on Instagram. U R B N S V G. It's Urban Savage. It's it's my Instagram page. But I have some pictures on there of when I was big, when I was two sixty, and I was wearing size forty two pants. I was wearing two XL T shirts. I felt like a big old fat ass. Um, and l- legitimately, by the end of March, I, sh- I I probably will have definitive veins on my abs. So not to be like super conceited, but when you set a goal for yourself you're improving yourself. And that, that was the goal that I had was, was 185 by the end of March. Um, and a, and a good looking 185, not a fucking string bean 185. Um, so that's my physical and that will develop as I go on. Cause like you said, I learn, I learn as I go. Um, I don't just take shit for a grain of salt. I try it and I, and I will understand, is it working? Is it not working? Try to feel my body out and don't do anything just because we do it because we're not, we're not doctors and we don't play one on the internet. Um, mental, what have you been doing for your mental lately? Uh, mental. I was actually kind of bridging that with my, uh, physical. Was it? Okay. Because the, uh, I didn't tell you. Yeah. The March 1st, uh, starting to cut. It's just typical just because summer's coming and, you know, I don't want to look like a sack of shit outside. So, um, yeah, I'm on the cranky low carb. I get the 10 and 10 PM cravings for a carb or a dessert or something. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm in that two week period. Your fats probably aren't high enough. I know I got a couple days until the cravings are gone, but yeah, yeah. it's just, um, yeah, I got to up the fats a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, cause you're, you're what? Six foot tall. Yeah. Six foot tall, two forty, two thirty. 235, man. Yeah. A bit chubby or what? Yeah, right? 235. <laughs> so realistically, like at at 2,000 calories, you're probably at a 500-calorie deficit, 400-calorie deficit. So people don't understand what it's like to eat 2,000 calories of healthy fat. Oh, like yeah. it's a lot. I mean, it's coconut oil and it's nuts and pecans avocados and avocados. And, and man, it's like, it's almost, it gets annoying. Like I'm yeah. like, okay, I had this shake with coconut oil in it and I had three eggs and I had my almonds at 10 o'clock and I had my lunch and it's yeah. like, it's a legitimate process and it's fine. Like my biggest thing is I can't have to think about it every time I need to just set it and then forget it. Just oh, set yeah. it and eat the same, same damn thing pretty much every day. This time I eat this, this time I eat this. Cause then I know, I know it's 1800 calories, 2000 yeah. calories. I know that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that's what I got to set up because I think I'm i I'm on a ballpark right now. So I ballpark everything, yeah. but I also eat to my activities. So yesterday I pulled a, like a double workout, yeah. boom, like from four 30 stop for, you know, a little food and then hit it again later. Yeah. And it was done at like nine. Well, yeah, then I'm eating like bacon wrapped steaks at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. I can't eat that late, but that sounds delicious, actually. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, and in my fridge, I got, you know, chicken breasts in there. I got tenderloins in there. Yeah. I and mean, it just, you know, that's how I've done it. it. It keeps, you know, protein in the system. But yeah, without those carbs. Well, and, and also, if, you're, if your proteins are high and your fats aren't high enough, so your fats should be about 1.5 times where your proteins are. That's what keeps your hormones up. Otherwise, what your body's doing is it's just taking your protein and your liver is doing gluconeogenesis and it's just creating sugar out of protein. That's yeah. what happens. So if you don't have enough fat, your body isn't, it, it needs either fat or sugar. It can't, it can't run on just protein. Ba- so that's, bacon qualifies, right? Bacon fat, for sure. Because um, <laughs> I definitely double wrap those things. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, I... I finished two books 
Well, I guess we not since the last time we talked because this is our first episode. We did do a few test episodes, so we're going to try to get back through and cover some of the shit that we covered through the test episodes just to make sure that everything was everything was here. And we wanted to figure out we developed the idea of squared away through these test episodes. Um, But I finished Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is one of the core tomes of information on mindset. She is one of the original researchers that actually researched the growth mindset. Like she, she is the scientist that did the studies. I don't know if you've ever heard of the marshmallow study. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so she did these and then she wrote this book and, and it's, it's extremely interesting. The difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Um, One of the biggest things that we won't be able to cover, like everything, I'm probably going to have to do like individual book reviews because I read a lot and I'm going to start doing like my book reviews and like the the highlights on my website to at least so people can kind of go in because most people don't read like, let's face it. And so if they can go in, at least get what I got out of it. Um, But one of the biggest things is, is just the just the difference in a fixed mindset to a growth mindset changes the ability for preconceived notions to affect your outcome. So they took um, African-American women and African-American men and then white men and white women, and they put them in these tests. And what they did is they'd split them up into groups and one group, they would talk about how women perform lower on these tests before they give them the test. They would talk about how African-Americans perform lower on these tests before they give them these tests. And the other groups, they didn't talk about that at all. And when they talked about it, the women and the African-Americans performed poorer on the tests. When they didn't talk about it, they didn't perform as poorly. So just the preconceived notion of the fact that you may perform lower on this test made them perform lower. But the kicker here is that people that were tested weeks before that had a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset had no difference in performing on the tests. Didn't matter if they were in the group that talked about it or not talked about it. So just the growth mindset, just having a mindset that that you are able to grow and things are not fixed and you are always able to improve completely negated any of the societal expectations on you as a sex or as a race. So that right, like that has implications that have major, major possibilities throughout society. If we figured out how to teach and impart a growth mindset on a population, you no longer have to worry about not not that you don't have to worry about it, but you have to worry less about people performing because of any sort of internal biases or external biases because the biases are completely negated with the mindset. Um, so that was one of the biggest things I got this last week oh. for my mental end. Growth mindset. Growth yeah, but that mindset. T- that takes effort. Um, you have way to, too you much have to, to talk about here. It. Way too much to talk about here. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I'm working on, I'm actually, I'm writing a book. Um, it'll be year, two years before it's done because I only get about a thousand words a week done. Um, so it'll be 10 months of just writing before I even start rewriting. Um, so don't expect it out like next week or anything. But one of the things there is, is one of the chapters is how to build the growth mindset because it, there's steps to it. And just like anything, 
first you have to recognize what mindset is and you have to recognize what your mindset is. And then once you recognize it, it's really just becoming comfortable with it before you ever before you ever start to change anything. You just have to learn what the mindset is. And mindset really is the conversation that you have with yourself in your head. It's the attitude that your that your internal voice has with yourself. And that's what your mindset is. So once you once you recognize the attitude, you are able to kind of get comfortable with it and sit with it. And then after that, you can start to change it and you can you can realize, hey, that that's not what I think. I think this. And so big thing there. Um, emotional. Oh, well, let me ro- rotate back to mental. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. OK, do it. So I am reading a couple of books uh, in the little time that I have because I've been extremely just. Yeah, I've noticed between businesses and stuff. Yeah, very hard to get a hold of. Not a whole lot of time working through the nights, but. Um, I'm reading a book called Simplify. Uh, it's an old book by an old pastor who had recently been in, in some hot water, but it's about uncluttering your soul. It, it applies to the getting squared away. I mean, it's, okay. it's getting uncluttered physically, helps you being uncluttered spiritually, mentally, and you know emotionally. So, um, so I'm kind of trying to apply that right now to help balance out because right now, I mean, I'm between all the businesses I've just been, it's been chaos. I think Simplify would be very much improved to what I see from you. I think a lot of, <laughs> I think Simplify is, I think that's a great book for you to be in the middle of yeah. right now. So it's, and it's literally, I mean, it's, it's making big decisions too about, yeah. you know, um, whether to stay in some business, stay in one area or get out of an area. Yeah. And with my personality, it's tough to get out Yeah. because sometimes getting out means you're quitting. Yeah. And quitting is always, you know, yeah. in your mind, it's like, wow, I failed that mission. So it, I, I, I feel that mindset that you have, and I know that that mindset you have, and I, and I battle with that same, with that same issue that you have. And, and one thing that's really helped me is to realize that if you learn something from a failure, it's never a failure. It's a learning yeah. experience. Yeah. And, and that, that really changed when I realized that the day that I realized like, oh, I didn't fail at this business. I learned all of these things that I'm going to take on to my next business or take on to my next relationship yeah. or my next friendship. And it's easier said than done. Trust me. I know. But part of that is just that inner drive. Just, yeah. just like, you know, I know I can make this work, but given the physical amount of time and, you know, energy and resources. And is it worth it? Right. You know, because you only have 24 hours in a day. You have specific things that you need to do for your personal self. And you only have so many of those 24 hours that you spend on certain things. And I want to spend my six hours, five hours, four hours, the most intelligently. I don't need to spend them banging my head on the fucking wall, hoping that I'm going to get through it. Right. You know, and having kids, yeah, that's tough for me. And I have kids, um, and my daughter had brought it up to me as a concern the other night too. So you know, I understand. I got to get you know, it help. It'll help simplify and get my priorities in line. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going through that right now. Physically, you know, even going through the house to make sure that I'm uncluttered. Yeah. Um, I'm I, awful at that. My wife is amazing at that. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't have that option. Yeah, but, I know, uh, I know. But anyway, you know, it's noticeable. I'm usually pretty, you know, organized. Yeah. But as the business got cluttered, 
you know, it was, it's kind of funny because the house got cluttered. Yeah. And I wasn't, you know, even taking like the recyclables out. I'd be Johnny on the spot on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When your mind is cluttered. Yeah. And it's, it really affects you. Which uh, the second book I'm reading right now is The Four Disciplines of Execution. It's just, yeah. Um, I know these are almost like self-help books, business I, books, I, but. That I most, I, so I make myself do a fiction book for every like five nonfiction and most of my nonfiction, there's an autobiography or a biography in there once in a while, yeah. but most of them are, you know, self-help, business help, intelligence books, stuff like that. And I'm, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm in control of my ego. You want to tell me, you want to <laughs> fucking give me shit about, about reading self-help. That's fine. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, I got that. And, uh, if, if my nine-year-old books count, I mean, we, we went through a movie and, uh, um, what was that? An audio book when we we're driving back from visiting my oldest, uh, this book uh, is called uh, Win Dixie or Being Win Dixie or something. Hmm. It's this old classic, but it was cute. So sometimes that lets you get your head kind of out into yeah. fiction yeah. and, you know, get out of this. I'm in the middle of Ayn Rand, The Fountainhead. You ever read any Ayn Rand? No. Okay. Well, that's, we don't have time to get into it right here. If, if anybody's Atlas Shrugged, uh, The Fountainhead, they're all, what? That was your youngest? No, no, no. This is my fiction. Oh, this is, this is my fiction? current fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that. okay. Yeah, this is rugged individualism in the written in the 1940s. Everything is completely relevant today. It's amazing. Oh, I thought um, it was some Dr. But, Seuss thing. Oh, no, something. no, 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 no. This is. I mean, this is pretty in depth. It's 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 um rugged individualism romanticized versus collectivism and socialism and and written in the 1940s. Um, uh, Howard Rourke is an, is an architect that refuses to do things the way that society wants him to do it. He refuses to put, you know, pretty pillars on buildings because the reason that pillars were put on buildings was because of the stone that they were using. And we don't use stone anymore. We use steel. We don't need to put fake shit from olden days on new buildings because we have new materials. I'm building buildings this way and all these people that go against him and uh, this one collect, you know, this one guy preaching collectivism amongst all of New York and like takes over the newspaper as a, um, as a journalist, but then also starts all these independent organizations and tries to basically beat down the individualists. And it's, it's, it's good, man. It's, It's fiction. Yeah, it's fiction. Okay. But it's it's almost sounds like it's it, and that's the way the Atlas Shrugged is too, which is also an Ayn Rand book. Um if you've never read either of them, they're amazing. Atlas Shrugged has a movie, so you can get through that one quick cuz you can watch <laughs> the movie instead of reading the 30. So whenever I say read, guys, just so you know, I do audiobooks. I don't sit down and read. I don't have I don't I haven't made the time. Not I don't have the time. I haven't made the time to sit down and read. I do audiobooks cuz I'm in the car from account to account to account all day. So I can get, you know, a book done in a week, a book done in four oh, days. That's how you're so, doing it. Yeah, that's 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 where all my books come in. Is all it's all audiobooks. Um emotional. Emotional. Um you know. Uh relationships, you know, I'm a single dad. Yep. So relationship wise, we're gonna leave that one in the back corner, but you know, uh I've taken steps to get things under check right now and i know what my priorities are and uh, right now i'm uncluttering yeah and 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 with kids like i mean most people don't most people don't think about it but like you'll take a you'll take a four you'll take four years out of your life and you'll go into you know five figure debt to get a college degree right but most people don't take enough time or sacrifice enough money 
to raise their fucking kids. They expect right. everybody else to do it for them. And you're the number one person that that is in charge of those kids becoming something. And you know, because they're little use, you know what their quirks are going to be because they're a, they're a combination of yours and your spouses or their parents, other quirks. Yeah. And so who else is better? The, the fucking teacher, the daycare, the daycare lady, you know? No. Yeah. And, and everybody expects the teachers right now. And that's, uh, yeah, that could be another rabbit hole. That's uh, that, it, that will be a rabbit hole eventually. But, and that's, I learned, like, I remember growing up, I'm like, why don't they teach us things in school? Like balancing a checkbook and all the shit. And I'm like, and, and how, you know, how to do this and how to do that. And now at my age, I'm like, that isn't a fucking teacher's job. It's a yeah. parent's job. Raise your kids. Yeah. Um, my emotional has been, has been, it's, it's a constant battle between to recognize your ego, right? Like just simple things. Like I wanted, you know, me and my wife were talking about this earlier, our daughter, we wanted her to have off Sunday to Tuesday next, you know, the week before spring break. And her, her work said, no, they said, you can have off Saturday to Monday. And we're like, like initially your ego is like, that's not how I wanted it. And it wants to like fight, right? It wants to like battle, you know, bang heads. And then you start thinking about it and you're like, wait, wait, wait. Saturday to Monday is better because then they can go to my parents for the whole weekend and we get a whole weekend oh my free. It, it, so, so like, but it's that initial ego. It's yeah. that initial ego battle of that's not how we wanted it. And so the recognizing of your own ego is that's a constant battle. Um, and then really just, just stepping back and realizing where, where I'm going and being okay with certain things, business, work, stuff like that, being a few steps down on my um, priorities because I, you know, my, my youngest is eight. So I really only have maybe a good three or four more years to be any sort of, you know, real change in her life. Um, and then I can worry about, you know, what I'm doing with my life when I grow up. So yeah. that's kind of been my emotional is just kind of getting all that shit in check. Yeah. Once she gets a teenager, that's a whole different ball game. Man. Whole different. And we have a 17 year old. Yeah. So, you know, it's, we, we know the different ball game, but yeah, man, once, once they hit a certain age, you're no longer really imparting any wisdom on them. You're they, they learn a little bit by, um, watching what you do but other than that like oh that they're gonna start imparting you wisdom <laughs> oh they think so they think so yeah that, that uh five minute uh you know experience that they have they want to impart on you right so we covered everything except for spiritual yeah spiritual i'd say right now uh scaled one to ten i would probably give myself a five i would say it's getting better with the prioritizing my life, um, it just all really ties in together for me. I think for most people it does. Um, once you prioritize everything in the, the physical, uncluttering my stuff, uncluttering my mind, getting the businesses all in line, then, uh, you know, spiritually, then, then I'm doing well. I mean, I did a survey for church today, which was not real positive, you know, but I mean, that's what the surveys are for is providing them feedback. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a real, I'm a real strong supporter of churches, but you know, I'm not here also to be, um, everybody to be, 
I'm not friendly, but cater to me if I'm, you know, shelling out dollars and, you know, I'm not here to support a, a social club, you know, I'm here to support a, a church that's beneficial spiritually to its, you know, its flock, yeah. if you want to call it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm probably sitting at a five, but getting, getting better and okay. feeding myself, you know, I do my devotions every morning. So I do read my U version Bible every morning when I wake up and sit in the can and, you know the best time to get your reading in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, spiritually is where you'll see me and Martin kind of diverse the most, not because I am not spiritual, but just because I am such different. I'm so different spiritually. Um, I follow a lot of philosophical spiritualities versus a, any specific, um, Catholic, Buddhist, Jewish, any specific faith. Um, my biggest thing lately has been the memento mori. Remember, you will die. You know, it's it's recognizing my mortality and making sure that as much as I can, I am living for this specific moment and I am I am present and I am aware and I am enjoying my time. Um and 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 being positive with my time um, versus just always worrying about what's next or always thinking about the past or or whatever. So that's been my biggest thing lately is just the recognition of mortality because we're all going to die. Oh, yeah. Yep. Taxes and death. All right. That's right. So, taxes and death. And I do want to disclaim that it's like, uh, you know, my spirituality is uh, I didn't grow up in church. Yeah. I didn't have any spirituality growing up as a child, uh, you know, even coming to the States with my father, yeah, you know, uh, you, people would think, well, it'd be Buddhism. Well, no, it's, we didn't have anything, anything. And right up until, you know, as a teenager, you know, I had to break into a Catholic church to find out about holy water because, you know, I saw vampire movies. Right. So, so yeah, mine comes from, you know, experiences, uh, with, Death overseas and uh, friends have committed suicide and, uh, you know, just some miracles have happened in my life. So uh, am I perfect? Hell no. I mean, you're going to find that's why I want to disclaim this in this podcast. But that's what it's about, right? It's about it's about improving and forgiving fellow man. I mean, and and it's it's a journey. Yes. You know, all four of these corners of being squared away. It's it's an ongoing journey. Yeah, Like we said, it's a process, not not an accomplishment. You're 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 never you're never squared away. You fail. And but like we just said, if you learn, it's not a real failure. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's funny because that's why I teach my kids about sports is like, you know, there's never losing, you know, the only L and that W and L column is, is learning. So yeah. as long as you learn from from a game, you learn from the game of life too. It's, yeah, it's all the same. Current events. We are in an interesting oh, yeah. time. Yeah. What I, do we want to start with? <laughs> do we want to start with the one point nine trillion dollar stimulus oh. package that we just passed? Yeah, that one. I'll be honest. Uh, makes me ill. But you know the the thing that bothered me the most last week is is the uh, the fucking Dr. Seuss. Oh my God, Dr. Seuss cancel culture. So if uh, we want to, I, mean, I have cancel culture actually written down as one of my current event things. Yeah, because Andrew Cuomo is now being pushed to um to resign. 
because of sexual assault allegations. The man who pushed for Trump to resign because of sexual assault <laughs> allegations is now being canceled himself. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, let's roll back to the, the Dr. Seuss yes, part. Yes, cancel culture. The only reason I want to roll back to that is because, one, I'm 100% Chinese. Yes. And the whole basis of that Dr. Seuss thing was based on a, a couple of images. Yes. It's actually had more than a couple of images of Asians. Yes. One particularly in the book that was written in 1937, the name escapes me right now, but... Um, basically has a picture of, you know, a Chinaman with sticks is what the, yes. the quote is. Yeah. And it shows Chinaman in typical, you know, symbol straw hat with the, the long back ponytail and running with a bowl with chopsticks. Yes. You know, Chinaman with sticks, right? And uh, I'll be honest, I got, you know, all of a sudden I got flooded with messages. And I looked at the people that you know, were sending me messages and these are people who were looking for me to be pissed off. Seriously. They were expecting me to be like part of that cancel culture and say, oh, I'm offended because, you know, oh, yeah, Dr. Seuss is a racist. And, you know, my response to them and to our listeners is that, look, you have to have context. That's that's the problem with our society now is that we've lost all context. And without that, you don't have any critical thinking. You're just... You're just basically taking the information, what people tell you, and you're just parroting it and just getting all these people riled up for no reason. And, you know, I have to tell my kids that. I mean, you pull up on the Doc Shoes book. I have a nine-year-old. He sees a picture of, a, you know, a Chinaman with sticks, right? And he's going to ask because, you know, he's half Chinese, right? So, you know, I tell him, well, you got to take it in context. This was written in 1937, right? I said the 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 social economic you know the, that period is so much different than now, and for people to want to say, well, we want to get rid of it, you know, we want to burn that. It's like, well, how are you going to know where you came from? You know, so many people are complaining that there's systemic racism, which as a minority, I'm I'm going to say bullshit. There is no such thing as systemic racism, unless uh, I'm going to say, well, unless it's against Asians, because you know there's a Ivy League system that docks us points if we want to um, enroll into an Ivy League school. Because yeah. why? Because they're benefiting the blacks and Hispanics. Yeah. That's what they want more of, right? So I take, I'm going to take it, a, I'm going to take it a step further than your context argument. I challenge your nine-year-old would never have asked a question seeing that picture. Correct. This is manufactured rage. This is one group of people that is looking for things that they could tell people to be pissed off about and then poking them and poking them and poking them and poking them and poking them until they're convinced that they're pissed off. Whereas they never would have seen that fucking picture and been pissed off. Right. Manufactured rage. It's not even, it's not even rage because of a picture lacking context. It is rage because someone is telling you, you you have been wronged. You have been wronged. You have been wronged. How many times do you have to be told that you've been wronged before you're like, hey, I might have been wronged. Right. And now you have an administration that is pushing for, you know, and for the blacks, I and mean, they're pushing for reparations. Yeah. I mean, how far do you want to go back? Yeah. I mean, do I need to, you know, walk up to a counter and start collecting and say, oh, man, you know, hey, we built your railroads and you blew up some of us. And, you know, all, you know, remember when... It was in 1920s when there was the anti-Chinese, you know, and now you have, 
you know, some Chinese, uh, especially in San Francisco, that are, you know, getting, you know, persecuted because, well, you brought the, the COVID to the United States, right? Yeah. So now they're just like outright beating up, you know, elderly Chinese people. It's like, well... No, I'm not looking for reparations. Do it's, we get do we get reparations from the, from the crown from Britain? Oh, because we know, had to fight that up with them. We had to fight them <laughs> yeah. for our independence. Oh, exactly. It's you know how far do you go back? Yeah. You know how how far do you want to go? And what's what's so funny is right after somebody asked me that, uh, and this I didn't even know anything about Pepe Le Pew, but I literally just took a picture of Pepe Le Pew and sent back I'm like. Yeah, I bet you next time they're going to, you know, go after Pepe because he's probably a rapist or something. And sure enough, like a week later, right? They literally That's awesome. Went after they're really Pepe going after Pepe, Pepe Le Pew? Yeah, they already, can't, they already canceled him. Yes. Yes, that that fucking dirty dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just going after that, you know, that cat that yeah, somehow accidentally just, gets painted up into a skunk every time. He was just trying to get some. Yeah. No, so, so my biggest problem with 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 the idea of reparations and that whole I, that whole mentality is um, it completely it completely negates any sort of individualism, any sort of independence, any sort of personal responsibility. And the minute that you start to tell someone that they're owed things, um, then they have an excuse. They have an excuse not to not to take care of themselves. Not to try to better themselves, not to improve themselves. Whereas realistically, you know what? Every motherfucker out there is in charge of where they are at today. Planting their two feet and putting one foot in front of the other foot to start improving their life. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you are, where you came from, what your history is. The minute that you hear this and the minute that this gets in your head, the minute that this idea, not from me, I have I have nothing to do with this. The minute that the idea gets in your head that I am responsible for me and for bettering my life is is the day that you that you stand both feet on the ground and you start walking forward. And whatever that means for you, whether it means getting your shit together and getting a better job, whether it means stopping lying, whether it means eating better, whether whatever it means, because we all have shit that we're bad at and nobody else is in charge of making me better at shit that I need to be better at. I am responsible for that. And the, and and we're losing all all personal responsibility cuz you know what? That's really fucking hard. It's a really really hard idea to come to grips with because if I can blame everyone else for my faults, then I'm I'm fine. Yeah, and we we've perpetuated this uh, idea that you can get rewarded for being the victim. Yeah. Oh. So as long as you keep rewarding victimhood, you know what? It's easy. People yeah. are going to start, you know, finding reasons to be a victim yep and it's never gonna stop yep um you know this whole thing rolls into you know i hate to even bring it up you know it rolls into COVID. yeah you know i don't know if we should you know be hitting that but i mean i look at our responses i'm happy to see states opening up yeah you know and get making sense um it's disappointing and let, let me disclaim that too is, you know, I'm a registered independent. So anything we talk, you know, politics in my mind is like, you know what, I'm gonna look at both sides and I'm gonna make the decision based on, you know, what I see coming from both sides, what I'm being told and what, you know, how they're executing and their actions. And, um, you know, you got one side that claims their side of science, 
yet are legislating stuff that has no correlation with the numbers that are out there. So to me, it doesn't make sense. And I see, you know, getting to your, you know, 1.9 trillion stimulus package is, is what percentage of that is, is really helping the American people. And when you look at the numbers, it's like, it's almost like a payoff. It's almost like chump change to, you know, shut people up so they can just start funneling all these billions of dollars to places that you know, a lot of them are actually getting funneled back through into the pipeline back into their party. I have a, I have a weird, I, I have a weird internal conundrum with things like this stimulus because m- my income hasn't been hurt. And they're giving money to everyone under a certain income bracket, right? But my income hasn't been hurt, but I'll get a, I'll get a stimulus and I will get a check and it'll go into my account. Um, so part of me. must be nice. You can thank me because, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I guess I'm paying all, all those checks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, well, I'm still married. That ticks me off. <laughs> I'm still married. So I'm under the bracket because I have oh. two incomes that it counts for. Dang. Um, but so. The left part of my brain, and this is not left side, right side hemisphere talk, but part of my brain says, I, people like me shouldn't be getting that money because I haven't been, I haven't been hurt. But then the other part of me goes, well, everybody else is getting it. Why the fuck shouldn't I get it? So I have this internal conundrum with like, and, and, and that's the thing is, is I, I see that and I can recognize that. And I still don't know where, I still don't know where my mind settles at because I know many companies that took PPP loans and have gotten them forgiven that did not need those loans at all. Their business is up. And I think those people should be buried in a fucking ditch because they took that money and they signed off saying, I need this money. And then they got that money and then got it completely forgiven. But am I any better? Because I, what, I guess, what am I supposed to do? I didn't actually sign up yeah. for a stimulus. It just got fucking given to me, but I guess I could have just donated it back yeah to people that needed it more than I have, you know? So like it's, it's, it's this weird internal battle that, that I fight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not pissed off at being the taxpayer that helps apply that. Uh, I'm looking at it. Um, it's kind of the, I always tell people the helicopter and tanks, right? Um, if you're a person that's only seeing, you know, just what's in front of you and about 50 feet in front of you yeah you're a tank but you know when you look at it as a helicopter you know you're seeing a 3,000 foot level here uh look at this stimulus package you know what if people need 1400 2000 dollars, whatever but i look at that percentage of that 1.9 trillion that's nothing that's pennies it's like and i'm looking and a lot of this is accessible online you can see what they're spending on you know 128 billion dollars is going into the teachers union which yep. i know majority of that's going to get funneled back in donations to the dnc i mean a lot of that is just setting themselves up to for self-funding yeah and it's in so, the, it's 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 small government it's roads it's like a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with saving the hurting american people oh yeah and i look at that 1.9 trillion it's like you know nothing's going to child trafficking you know, in fact, they they don't do any funding for child child trafficking other than victimhoods or victims. So for victims to get X amount of dollars for treatment and whatnot. So, but that's a whole another rabbit hole we can get in. But the whole thing for me is like, you know, if if they had a strategy for COVID, and it's no offense to anybody, is maybe in the the 
you know, I heard this from uh, one of the other guys too. It's like in the, in the next two years, you know, is reduce the number of fat fucks that are in this nation. I mean, we're at a obesity level of at least, at least 40% of the population is obese. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but point, but point 0.13% is high too. 0.13% of people that get COVID will die. Probably 50% of people that are, that are obese are going to fucking die from obesity. Yeah. But we don't look at that number because that's years down the road. Because yeah, the top two, I mean, are age, yep. obviously. Yep. We got to protect our elderly. But then the next is totally controllable. Yeah. It's obesity. Yeah. And the whole string of uh, conditions underneath that, you know, diabetes, you know, heart disease, heart problems. A lot of that is stemmed to. It's health. Obesity. It's, yeah. yeah health. It's, it's health. So why can't they take a huge chunk of that, those dollars that they claim they need and push that towards, you know what, you're putting towards health programs, towards better food, towards regulating, you know, some of these uh, food producers. So they're not putting, you know. Some of this garbage that's out and, in the aisles. And this is one of the biggest problems I have with everybody looking at government to be daddy, for the government to be to be your your parent, is the government is flawed more than any individual is. I mean, we can go back to Ansel Keys and his sugar studies from the 40s, I think 30s. And he did studies funded by sugar and cereal companies that said that fat was the problem that was causing heart disease and obesity and completely ignored the fact that sugar is what causes fat and obesity. It had nothing to do with fat. Now, all of a sudden, like in the last five years, the, the food pyramid has been completely redone and they've dropped any sort of cholesterol issues that they talk about because dietary cholesterol does not raise cholesterol. Um, high cholesterol isn't even a problem for women and it's very, very little of a problem for men. It has to do with HDL and LDL and triglycerides and all this stuff. And it's much more nuanced because the human body is extremely intelligent. Oh, yeah. But I mean, right there. So we have, we have government, stu- government studies that are paid for by sugar companies that say that sugar is fine and fat is the devil. So then we fight fat for 50 years and finally it starts to come out. Those small issues like that, like that's a big issue, but it's a small issue. That's why government can't be your daddy. Right. Government should pave my roads and right. pay my police and pay my firemen. Government should not tell me what I should fucking eat. They should not tell me what I should drive or what I should do on the weekends. I'm you're an independent. I'm a libertarian. Stay the fuck out of my business. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest model that, you know, people should take example of is China. Yes. And the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, my my family, so my my mother is still there. So when I was there, you know, you can see and feel firsthand what that does. I mean, to sum it all up, the government doesn't care about you. So they may make promises all day long, say, hey, we'll take care of you, we'll feed you, we'll give you free this and free that. Well, they're free bread. Basically, would you rather have stand in line and wait for a loaf of white bread or be told that you can one or, you know, one and a half loaves of white bread at their choice, their discretion? Or do you want to go right now to Woodman's and, you know, walk in their bread area where there's like, I don't even know, probably hundreds of different, you know, types of bread, you know, healthy, not healthy, 
Um, but you can walk in there and choose and for, you know, two to five dollars, buy yourself a loaf of bread at your choice, your time, whatever. Um, educate, educate the population instead of instead of telling them what to do, educate them on the options, educate them on. And, and I don't even know. It's not even the government's job to do that, but at least. Oh, yeah. Educate. Because the more control you let them have, and what I see over there now is the government dictates to them what days they work, how many hours they work, how they're going to get paid. You know, they, there's no, you know, I know a lot of people don't like the word capitalism. You know, people that usually don't like it are the ones that, you know, aren't benefiting from it and who aren't willing to try it. Um, but when you don't have that, the government controls every portion of your life. And, uh, you know, my mom has to live under this, uh, you know, this shadow of having to say certain things, only be able to use certain social medias, only be able to buy certain shampoos and products. And I'm sorry, the shampoos that, you know, she has choice of is almost zero. So that suave, that, you know, $1 bottle of chemical, I mean, the stuff they get is like what I see in the dollar store. Shit I never heard of. Yeah. And their fucking hair's falling out. Yeah. You know, they don't have good dental. I mean, half of them, their, their teeth are either gone or my brother's got like, you know, he looks like a cartoon because he's got so much tartar that you yeah. know, covers all his front teeth. And we saw it. We saw it in Russia under Stalin. We saw it in the gulags. We saw it. They, they would put out these they would put out these big news stories throughout all of Russia and, and especially out to the out to the United Nations and all of the other that they've supplied Russia with this many pairs of shoes and this many pounds of potatoes and this many pounds of bread. And if anybody ever really wants to go deep and read the gulag archipelago, it is a tome. It's an 800 page tome, but it is what it is what showed the the Russian gulag system and the millions and million more people died in the Russian gulags than than died under Hitler. Oh yeah. Um, and it talks about that to a T, and it breaks it down to like the specific people that were in charge of basically lying about all the shit that they were giving to people. And and it and it United Nations was like, oh good, you gave everybody, you gave every single person a loaf of bread. No, but that's what they said. Oh yeah. But, you know, people now are saying, well, it's a conspiracy theory. I'm like, no, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's it's like checking the weather outside. Oh, hey, it's getting dark. You know, it's going to it's going to rain. Probably I can smell rain. Well, you know, you can see the signs. I mean, if we let the government take control, well, there's models in other countries. Now, well, this is what happens when you do it. Is this what you really want? And what is what's the end goal? The end goal is a fulfilled life, right? I mean, I would think that that should be the end goal is a fulfilled life. Whatever that means, I think that's going to mean something different to everyone. But it's it's crawling. It's 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 crawling into the grave feeling fulfilled. And if I hand you ten billion dollars and let you live your life you are not going to feel fulfilled at the end of it. It doesn't matter what I can give you a hundred billion dollars. You are not yeah. going to fu- feel fulfilled because it doesn't matter what you get handed. If you don't earn it, it doesn't mean a fucking thing. Right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's the, there's so much value in being able to choose and having that freedom of how you want to live your life. And at the end of the day, it's, that's that's what it is i mean you know i'll use this example that is so disheartening as i was over in hong kong and um you know saturday night uh, my brother's like well let's not go downtown because uh it's going to be flooded with people i'm like why is it going to be flooded with people he's like well everybody from you know across the border in shenzhen are going to basically 
come to the city and they're going to all line the streets and put their blankets down and bring their families and they sit there all day. I'm like, why would you want to do that? Well, because they're being forced to work six days a week. So, which is why every time I, you know, messaged my mom, she kept referring every week to the holidays coming. With the holidays coming, how, how do you guys have so many holidays? Well, they consider the day off as a holiday every week. So right now they have one day off and the government's pushing for them to basically work seven days. So I could probably get in trouble saying this, but, um, but their families enjoy that one day off. They all make the same, you know, minimum wage and they bring their families to Hong Kong, put their blankets down and order food and just sit there and look out at the ocean all day long. And at the end of the day, they go back, go back on the train and bring their families back and they go back to these 12 to 15 hour a day, six days a week, making the same pay. There's no overtime. That's their day. That is their one day to enjoy their six days worth of hard work. Yeah. So that is their little tiny window of freedom. You know, I don't think we realize that, you know, when we get off work at the end of the day or, you know, we want to go to Wisconsin Dells or we want to go to, you know, Disney World or whatever. I mean, it's a freedom that so many people do not have. I mean, to live that kind of life, I because I told them we're going to go down anyway. So we did go down. And I tell you what, it's almost like watching a bunch of people under a black cloud. I mean, it was almost just this gray, depressing, you know, atmosphere. But to these people, that's all they had. You know, it was a breath of fresh air. You know, it's like a drop of water in a desert for them. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we got to be careful. Really, this country needs to be careful what what we really want or what we're the choices we're making now, because it could, I mean, very well end up like that in the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 collectivism. That's that's globalism. You know, it. it, Yeah. Not to wrap it up on a sour note, but (laughs) maybe go out and uh, enjoy your independence after reading after listening to this. Um, I think that's been about an hour. We'll probably wrap it up. Each one of these episodes will probably run about an hour. Um, we're not going to stick to a tight time frame, but we're going to try to, that'll, that'll be a similar um, layout to what we will do. We will cover the, what we're doing. Um, we'll try to develop a few more ideas, try to give you guys some actionable points. Um, the first few episodes will really just to be for you guys to get to know us. And then we will start to, you know, we'll start to put some steps out there, some things that you guys can try, some things that you guys can do, um, get you in contact with us. You know, tell us what you're doing, make some suggestions. You guys read an awesome book. Tell us about it. If you guys are, you know, doing some crazy workout plan, tell us about it. We really, you know, we're learning every day just the way you guys are. So, um, you got anything else? Yeah, what's uh? Why don't you give me your Instagram again? Oh, my Instagram is U R B N S V G. It's Urban Savage. Um, was a clothing line, didn't really work out. Now it's just a place for me to kind of spout my ideas. Um, follow message. You can go through to the website, the Urban Savage website, from the Instagram, and then that I am going to be developing some book reviews and some other stuff to try to help you guys out. Um, and what is yours? Uh, mine is Beast from East 72. So if you can figure out how old I am from there. But yeah, I'm horrible with it. Uh, I'm going to be better. Uh, if I get a message, I'll, I'll definitely uh, try to respond. But as far as posting goes, I really need to do better at it. So. Do you have a web link on there with any contact information? 
or you can add that. I'll, I'll make him, I'll make that, him yeah. add that. I'll make him add a, a, a web link so you guys can have some contact information for him too. Um, other than that, thanks guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, next week or the week after. Sounds good. That's a wrap.